0: Week number two in church, the hope of the world. And I just want to pray. Um, I have a heavy burden I'm carrying this morning. It's a message that just considering where we are, what God's doing in our church, the challenges that we're facing, I can see we've made a lot of progress and the enemy is fighting us on every hand. But we're victorious, and we're overcomers. He's fighting me, and I know that from what I'm hearing from many of you, you're coming into a season of warfare, and it's not coincidental. And so we need to be encouraged in the Lord this morning and understand the blessings of being part of a healthy biblical church family. My week started out last week. Had the invitation to go down and go deep sea fishing in Mobile, Alabama. And I've never done that. My dad wasn't a fisherman or a hunter. But four other three other pastors and their sons, I was able to bring one son. I got to take our youngest, take JP. And we went 70 stinking miles offshore, thank God for two bottles of dramamine. And, uh, and a lot of prayer. I'm not kidding. You know, homesick and seasick, that ain't fun. The only thing that fixes homesick is going home, you know what I mean? The only thing that fixes seasickness is, I don't even know, I haven't figured it out yet. But we had a great time, came back full week Thursday went to be in Greenville, South Carolina, our administrative bishop. His, his um, father passed away, a good friend of mine. I went to Greenville for the visitation, got two miles away from the church with about 20 minutes left on the calendar for the visitation, and my radiator blew. And uh, thank God for Uber. I left my truck right there, and um, thank God I got that close coming off Interstate 85 y'all gone up Interstate 85 North on that side of town lately that's like you need prayer if you do that you know but um, I had to pay a thousand fifty bucks to tow my old Land Cruiser which is only worth about fifteen hundred bucks back and got to ride in a tow truck with a guy that needs Jesus like needs Jesus I have the vape odors and all kinds of other odors and demons I had to get delivered from. But thank God at 4.15 on Friday morning a.m., I got to lay down in my bed to get up at 6 o'clock and go to Cleveland, Tennessee and drop off one of our children and um, two of our kids for school. And what I'm just telling you is I'm wore out. I bet you are too. And I thank God for our church family. I share all of that to just commiserate with you. But we're overcomers. And I share this stuff to not get up here and become Dale Carnegie. You know, God bless you. It's been a wonderful week and next week's going to be better. No, this week has stunk. (laughs) And this next week, it might stunker. But we're going to get through it. Amen? Because we are members of a great church that's alive and it's the hope of the world. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, there's a great passage. And I love this particular verse. It's the faith chapter where it mentions all the great patriarchs and how God used them. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. He built an ark to save his family. 120 years. Eight people survived it. I don't know what the real number is, but I've read this past week that somewhere between 4 billion and 7 billion people could have been on planet Earth at that time. I didn't know that. I'm not even saying it's 100% true. But we do know a lot of people lost their lives. And just eight, seven of them related to Noah and a whole bunch of animals in a chaotic situation got on a boat and watched God flood the earth. And Noah, at that point, had to be thanking God. For his instruction to build the ark, how to build it, and for the obedience of year after year, decade after decade, building an ark to save his family. I like that. You know, the theologians say that the ark in the Old Testament is a picture of Jesus in the New Testament, and there's tons of parallels. We know that to be true, a type and shadow of the Old Testament we see it being Jesus the Messiah. There's one door into the ark, and Jesus, he's the one door into eternal life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Other writers have said that not only did the ark represent Jesus the Messiah, but it represents the church, the church. And Jesus, like Noah, decided to build an ark or to become an ark to save his family. And then Jesus built a church and is still building it. And he says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And it's, a, it's a, God's plan for redemption in the world. God's plan to save the world is through the church. Now, as I mentioned last week, the church is the hope of the world. That's a strong statement. And I know some people push back and go, I thought Jesus was the hope of the world. Well, Jesus, the Bible is clear that the church is now the body of Christ in the earth. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to be the hands and feet, even the voice of Jesus in the earth. And so the church's health dictates a lot of what happens in culture. And so we all know, man, God help us to be a true picture of the kingdom. That we would be a place where this is an outpost of God's kingdom. And that we understand, hear me, I want you to have higher appreciation and value for the church. This is not an organization. And we're not church du jour. This isn't like, do I go to Publix or Kroger or Walmart? We're the church of the living God. And we're an organism. We're a big family, and He's the head. And He sends His Spirit to empower us that eternal things of eternal consequence and significance will happen in this room and in the relationships that we have with one another and how we engage the culture. Now, the proposition for this little two week series I mentioned last week. And it is this a biblical church where people are loved, His truth is proclaimed, and His spirit is welcome is a place where life transformation happens and it will be like heaven on earth. This place should be very special if Jesus is exalted, if the Holy Spirit is welcome, and His truth is proclaimed. This should be a special place where people are transformed. Amen? Come on, amen? So I'm, I'm preaching this to you to, I think it's important that we understand a higher value, that we give greater importance to the health of our local church family. It's really important. Now, Ephesians chapter one, verse 17, Paul says these words. Now, I'm gonna, I've got a lot of scriptures for you this morning, so take notes or take pictures, and may the Holy Spirit help us to absorb what the Lord is saying to us. Verse 17, Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There's things that God wants to reveal to show us that are so profound that we're going to need wisdom to know how to handle what he shows us so that we may know him better. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And I love this right here. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, his incomparably great power that's for us, that power is is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head for the church. Now notice, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That last verse in the message says it this way, makes it a little clearer and easier to understand. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Now, I'm not a big movie goer, um, but I've seen... Movies. I, I don't like going to movie theater. I don't like paying the amount of money. The only reason Candace and I go to the movie theater is to get the popcorn. Sometimes we just go to the movie theater and get popcorn and leave and go home. And um, seriously. But I do like a good animated movie. Anybody like animated movies? And like one of my favorites is Madagascar. The storyline is just awesome. It will minister to you. If you haven't seen it, you should go get it on Netflix or, Netflix or Amazon Prime or MySpace.com or something. But um, Madagascar is a story about Alex, who is a lion, the king of the jungle in the Central Park Zoo in New York City. And Marty, whose voice is Chris Rock, which is the perfect voice, for it and then other animals in the zoo and Alex the big lion he's just a showboat he's like you're you're a lion but you don't really realize who you really are and so it's about Alex coming out and all the kids will come up and the zookeeper will bring him out and he'll walk around and he's really a pansy he's a wimp and um They throw him like filet mignon and stuff. And so he's just kind of spoiled. He's in a zoo in New York City. And lions do not get to be lions in a zoo in New York City. And there's something in the zebra. Marty, Chris Rock's voice, who's like, Alex, Alex! You know how Chris Rock does. Come on, man! You know, and the zebra's like, we were born for more than this. This is, this, is, this is a bad deal for us. We ought to break out where we can go be who we are supposed to be. But he can't sell them. And Alex the Lion one time goes, Marty, have you ever eaten a steak? And Marty goes, have you ever tasted freedom? and he he just it goes on. and so marty goes i'm breaking out and he breaks out and the others have to they get worried and they have to go get him and he's got them where he wants them and then they he goes and gets on a, a, a crew a cargo ship leaving new york headed to africa and he gets all of his crew out of the zoo and they they're in africa and they're learning how to be who they are and I think a lot that reminds me of the church. We've been domesticated. We've been fed. And we, we've gotten just kind of lulled to sleep and forgotten who we are. And we've lost our roar and our love for adventure and, and, and courageous exploration. And I just want to speak to the church in North Atlanta at Restoration Church and I, I'm a pastor that pushes the envelope. When I see who we can be in Scripture, what God's called us to do and to be, it's to, to be more than some lion who just waits on the zookeeper to come and drop in a fresh prime rib. It's a, it's a, there's something in our DNA that says we were born for more than this. And the problem is many of us, we've only been exposed Central Park Zoo. We've only been exposed to a western church that is safe and secure and convenient and entertaining and it plays to our felt needs of individual rugged individualism and I'm calling us this morning to wake up and to realize we were born for the crazy adventure that's happening around us and it's time for us to go out and be courageous, wild, take risk, believe God for the impossible, and realize the spirit of the resurrection is alive in us. Amen? Now, when the Bible describes the kind of power that's available to us, it sounds hyperbolic. Like a, that's a hyperbole. And hyperbole is exaggerated statements or claims not meant to be taken literally, That sounds like a lot of preaching, but what if the Bible is accurate and the church has been domesticated to the point where the eyes of our hearts haven't been enlightened? We don't have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We don't realize what we can be. What if the Bible is accurate and we've been misled? What's the point then? There's two challenges, I think, way the enemy lulls us to sleep. And the first challenge is this. The church as entertainment. The church as entertainment. Everybody say that with me. The church as entertainment. Now, the impact of consumerism on American culture cannot be overstated. And when we come as consumers to the church, we end up approaching our Sunday worship with an attitude that can be summed up in one simple phrase. I want... Experts to put on exciting events that meet my expectations. Everything in our nation has been put into bite-sized consumerism entertainment. Everything has to be amazing. It's not enough for things to be good or true or faithful. Everything's got to be tantalizing. The news isn't even the news. Because everything in our world has to keep our attention and call for more and more and more and more. Consumerism has another negative impact that is seldom considered. When everything is amazing, when our small groups are incredible, that new church app is unbelievable. Our kids ministry is fantastic, and our pastor is hilarious or whatever. And that, I'm not saying that's what you say about me, but these are the these are the way we the things we describe when we invite people to to church. And the hyped expectations don't match the depth of the pain that many issues that we're facing and the issues that we're wrestling with. We have a a church that's amazing, it's ridiculous, it's incredible. And we're left dealing with a little chaplain's talk to inspire us for a couple days while we're enduring abuse, abandonment, unemployment, divorce, bankruptcy. The stress, the very real stress of living from paycheck to paycheck. The church should be the place where we are not just promised more, but the place where we can be vulnerable and real and transparent so that then we can experience more. COVID put a stop to the church show. A lot of churches opened back up eventually, but they went back to the show in consumer church pastor can't speak prophetically he or she becomes a used car salesman or a professional speech giver a TED talk speaker and it's the zoo it's the lion coming out and roaring with no courage no identity who's not able to preach a prophetic word because people want to be entertained and we've raised them Come back for more next week. Let's list the things that people expect from their church. A consistently good service, strong age-specific ministries, a certain style, volume, and length of singing, a well-communicated sermon, conveniences such as parking, a clean church building, coffee, child care. Yes, he said parking, but everybody just keep looking straight ahead. For real, though, now let's list the commands God gave the church that they must do in Scripture. God said, we must love one another as I've loved you. We must visit orphans and widows in their affliction. We must make disciples of all nations. We must bear one another's burdens. Now let me ask you, of these two lists, Let me ask you, what would upset people the most if the church didn't provide the things from the first list or if the church didn't obey the commands in the second list? You and I both know the attendance shrinks. We can forfeit the stuff on the second list, God's list, but don't forfeit the stuff on our list. Because church as entertainment is what we're used to. The church of low level commitment, infrequent attendance, church at arm's length, pastor that's a good guy, vanilla, but never really gets in my grill. Now, you go, Pastor Chuck, why are you saying this to us? Do you not realize who we are? We are the restoration church. We're hardcore, and we are, and I love it. But I don't want us to ever get domesticated or soft. We we brave shuttles together. We don't need the conveniences of... We can... We wait on shuttles to leave. We sit and we defy Dr. Fauci and we sit next to each other and shake hands and hold, (laughs) hug necks and we are, we are woke. We know what's up. And you know what? Thank God we do. And how many of you agree? For the most part, that's exactly right. This place is alive. God's spirit is welcome here. People are being transformed here. And the best is yet to come. We're a last days church. 100 proof. We got the real deal. Why do you preach this stuff to us? Because I want you to keep keeping on. I want you to keep saying, Pastor Chuck... Don't give me one of those little flimsy, cute TED Talks. And you should hold me accountable. You should hold the elders accountable. You should hold the staff accountable. You should come and say, y'all keep leading. We're following. You should say, we know what's going on in the world, but don't shrink back. Now, I just want to encourage you one more time and just say, I think God is looking for some real lions. He's looking for some real zebras who aren't afraid of the safari. And here we are in a COVID world, post-COVID, mid-COVID, pre-next COVID. I don't know what we're in, but let me tell you what. Here's where we are. We're going to build the kingdom of God. We're willing to sacrifice. We're offering our lives as living sacrifices. We are are about God's kingdom and and you should pray that every time you come here you sense God's presence in the room. You should pray that every time you come there is a rhema word and you're okay with being hit between the eyes. You're okay with your husband going, I don't know. He need... You're okay with a rhema word that crucifies our flesh that we have to Buckle our belt and get back up at the bar and go again. And say, I'm in this thing. Oh, man, I feel feel his. We're at End Times Church, brothers and sisters. There won't be any games here. There is no show. He is the master of ceremonies. This is God's house. We are in his kingdom. Come on, praise his name. I just, I got to encourage you. You know, we're going to make it through this warfare. We're gonna, I get real because I, I want us, you know, if we're not real, if we, everything is Dale Carnegie, you know, we leave going, my life sucks. My marriage is falling apart. Thanks for the nice smile and warm handshake. But my kid is confused about which bathroom to go into. a drug dealer across the street in my cul-de-sac in our gated community you know may we know the times and the season the day in which we live when we get here we're not playing we're not going through the motions it's life and death we just saying it's more than a religion thank God amen it's more than a building this is life or death and we were born for this. That's been like, I just want to, I want to preach every Sunday. We were born for this. We were born for this. We were born for this. And we ain't shrinking back from this. Y'all out there. We were born for this. You know what? I'm glad to be alive at this time. I'm glad to be pastoring with no parking lot. You know, the Lord's helping me sit. You know, we were praying yesterday. I mean, think about that. We were praying just yesterday. Rob Wentzel prayed. Uh the lead photographer guy, and he was like, you know, God, thank you for the challenge of not having a parking lot. Thank you that Wells Fargo has allowed us to park there. Thank you for Alpine Bakery. Thank you for the medical office. You know, I hate banks, especially Wells Fargo. Anybody else? But now I love Wells Fargo. God is working even on my heart. You know, God's, God's forcing us into the community to go, hey, Could we borrow your parking lot on Sunday? You know, he's forcing us, and we're having to sacrifice and go through the inconvenience to get to church. And I think God is honoring it. At least I hope so, because we need him to keep honoring it. I'll tell you, we don't know when the parking lot's going to be done. I was told this week that you could expect it'll be a year before. The parking lot is completely finished. And I said, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. What can we get for six months? And I'm just keeping it real. Listen, you think that makes a pastor happy? No, it doesn't. You think it makes a pastor sleep well at night? He is our sovereign king. And the enemy, when he comes in like this, I'm challenging you to rise up and say, you know what? If we have to walk to church, we're coming to church. We got eight people ready to walk. You're like, what's What's next? What's coming next? I don't know. But what if we lost it all? And we go, we're going to a place where we've got to get there. We're not going to be entertained. We're going to be transformed. I, I, haven't, I didn't preach this long on point number one earlier in the, uh, in the early service, but... Maybe we need to hear it. Maybe we need a purge, a deliverance from all the distractions. We don't come to be entertained. The second thing is this. Church for the individual. Church for the individual. The second defining force that has shaped many of today's Christians' view of church is radical individualism. We call it the sovereignty of self. Listen, it's self over others. It's me. It's self over community. It's self over inconvenience. It's self over commitment. Our life and longings are formed around a vision of personal fulfillment at all costs. Everyone and everything exists for us. We want our lives to be an epic story in which we play the starring role. And Jesus' call to discipleship is absurd, it's scandalous. It is a call to die, to take up your cross, a call to self-denial, and it's a call to be a part of community, 55 or 60, one another's in the New Testament, to put other, it's a call to put others' needs before our own. Hear me, oh wise investors, people with fat 401Ks, it's a call to steward personal resources, as a source of blessing and hope for the world. The gospel of Jesus was not and is not a call for us to find ourselves, but to lose ourselves for his sake, for the sake of the gospel. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. And it's interesting, he says in the next verse, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? May we be delivered from rugged individualism, lone ranger religion. I'm better by myself. I don't want to get in that ark. It's a stinky, chaotic mess. And there's poop to clean up, and there's people who've been stuck in the same vehicle for weeks. Go ahead. What's the alternative? Well, it's not going to flood. I'm good. We're in a desert. The weatherman says it's never rained out here. Poor guy. HOA finds are through the roof. They've Find him thousands of dollars for building that stupid ark, whatever that is, in our neighborhood. And then here comes the rain. And Jesus said, just like it was in the days of Noah, it will be at the return, the coming of the Lord. Deliver us, Lord. Look at me. I'm educated, too, a little bit. I got some savvy and some street sense, too. I'm not all that. But God, deliver us from rugged individualism. Deliver us from declaring our independence. May we come to understand he calls us to value community. Now, I want to share just three things real quick. What is happening here in our church? And what's my responsibility? And I want you to ask yourself, have the eyes of your heart been enlightened To understand the riches to which he has called you. So three things. The first is you are called to community. You are called to community. Everybody say it. I am called to community. I am called to community. You, listen to me, you have a responsibility to us if this is where God's called you. And we have a responsibility to you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Same chapter Six verses earlier. Verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. You are, Look at me, brothers and sisters. We're getting ready to start tonight our new season of small groups. We call them people groups. And there's 27 different small groups all over four counties, Forsyth, Fulton, Cherokee, and Cobb County. In fact, I want to ask all those that are part of the people group leadership team to stand. All the lay pastors and hosts, if you'll stand. Let's give these people. And if you guys will just remain standing, I just speak blessing over you. You know, for the warfare, for the third semester in a row that the enemy comes and brings, floods your kitchen. It's, it's, This isn't fun. This is warfare that we go through. And may your marriages be protected because we know the enemy comes to bring stress. When you open up your homes or you make your calendar open up so that you can pour into the lives of others, how many of you will pray for these and that you will honor them as though who serve in a way of worthy, that that, that they deserve our honor and support and prayers? How many of you will pray for them? In fact, right now, Lord, we speak over every one of these men and women, their homes, protect them, bless them in their businesses, protect their children, and we bind the, the enemy who would come to bring spiritual warfare, distraction, to eventually get us to settle back and go, you know what? Let's don't take two steps forward anymore. This is painful and hard. In fact, instead of that warfare, we speak blessing over them, Lord. We speak, Father God, life and joy in your presence and your peace in their homes in the name of Jesus. Come on. Can we praise the Lord for that? How many of you will come into agreement (laughs) that they're covered and protected in Jesus' name? You can be seated. Not only are you called to community, you're called to value community. It is your lifeline. The ark can get messy, zoo-like. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25 the writer says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Psalm 92, look what it says. Verse 12 The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they will be planted, planted with roots in the house of the Lord. And they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Everybody look right here. Rooted, planted, established, and flourishing. I love this uh, the the promise right here that even in their old age, they'll still be bearing fruit. How many of you want to be bearing fruit when you get older? How I many of you are thankful you're not older yet, but if you ever do get old, you're, you're going to be bearing fruit. I, I want to I break this down a second. Um, don't, don't skip over a verse that is so packed with significant revelation for us. Planted in the house of the Lord or the courts of the Lord. Plant Planted. The average committed believer now in America goes to their church 1.8 times a month. Let's never do that. The average uh, restoration church, member is like 3.8 per week. Let's keep it that way. Amen? We go to prayer meeting. We go to Bible study. Let's keep it that way. Amen? We got three of us. Let's raise the bar. 4.8. Amen? Amen. Um, planted. My children, Lord Jesus, help me. I wasn't going to say this, but like for the Ramses, we didn't just go to church. It wasn't dad's job. We had to make some tough decisions sometimes. You can't do that because of our commitment to be planted. And I'm so thankful we did it. And I see families make those mistakes for years and they don't think it's going to matter. You know, but when I'm 70, I'm not going to look 70 or feel 70. Why? Because I've got children who were planted. And I may not be having fruit on my limbs much like I did when I was younger, but they do. And the stress of me worrying about them and my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, I'm going to still be flourishing because we were planted in the house of the Lord, and now we're flourishing in the courts of our God. And we're getting older, but we're not feeling older. Are y'all out there? You know, this is, this is good Bible teaching. In fact, like my son, we're here, Erica and her children, are, they're serving in Colorado Springs. Her husband's a chaplain in the army. And they sacrifice. The suicides, the, the issues these chaplains are facing, it's just incredible. And... Um, I just feel God saying, move back to Atlanta, don't (laughs) y'all? North Atlanta. You know, and and Brandon comes in, our oldest son from Chattanooga area and Bethany. And, uh, you know, they will tell you. How many times have I told you, Joey? You can't just serve and give, give, give. You got to be planted somewhere, you know. Brandon and Bethany, and the story is, Dad, the problem is we've looked all over Chattanooga and we're comparing everything to restoration. And I'm like, all the more reason. Move back to Alpharetta. Amen? There is a restoration in Alpharetta, you know? How many of you just agree with me on that? Receive the word of the Lord. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the word of God be established. Amen? I'm te- but as a pastor, I don't have fresh, I don't have like a new way to look at a Hebrew word. I just have some good old common, mom and dad, devoted Christians, parenting skill. Be plant, value gospel community. It's an ark. It will save you on a rainy day. How many of you receive what I'm just saying right now for the Lord? Come on. You know. Thirdly, I, I want to move on because I want to be able to close at a decent hour. Number three, you would be wise to get in the middle of your church family. Don't just attend. Get all the way in. And many of you who have come for your first time, right over here, Candace and I have said to you, if the Lord's calling you here, come on and be part of the family. Right? I've said that over and over. I'll say it today. If the Lord's not calling you here, and that's okay. May, he, may you find where he's calling you. But if he is calling you here, don't be on the peripheral what happens to sheep who stray? They get plucked off by wolves and predators? You know, the Bible says, and again, this is really simple, common sense, but I promise I feel, that, I feel my pastor's heart about to explode. First Peter 5:8 says that Satan roars around or roams around like. A roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't say he is a roaring lion. It doesn't say he's posing like one. It says his strategy is the same as a lion. What does a lion do? A lion never runs into the middle of a herd of antelope, hyena, or sheep. He just stalks around the edge. And he waits for one to get distracted, to lose pace, to become vulnerable. And then he he plucks them off. And everybody listen, I don't say this disrespectfully, but the Bible, Psalm 100 verse 3 and many other places says, compares us to sheep. And sheep are not the brightest animals on the ark. And we should just accept that without being insulted. And realizing if we get full of the Spirit, we will be protected, smart sheep. But sheep wonder. Sheep are easily distracted. And sheep get on the peripheral, and sheep get eaten. And if I were you, I would get in the middle of this fold. Dylan, would you, Pastor Dylan, would you come one more time? And and if Dylan is the pastor of the church, he's the shepherd. Step over here in the light. Give it up for Pastor Dylan, good-looking, handsome young man. If he's the shepherd and I'm one of the sheep, I'm going to not just... Set out over here and go, bah. He's a good shepherd. Ma Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I'd be like, excuse me, pardon me. Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. Bye. Because I'm not going to be breakfast or lunch for a wolf. I'm going to get right up here close to my shepherd. Amen. Thank you, Dylan. Coming to close. Listen. God help us to just get practical good Bible teaching where we can raise healthy children, godly families for future generations to come. Um we went JP and I drove down. We got there late Sunday night, and we were out on the boat early, going 70 miles offshore. I've never been deep sea. Well, I've been deep sea fishing, but it was like and uh, It was like we didn't catch anything, and they didn't know what they were doing. And we, we, we could always see the shoreline, so it wasn't like deep sea fishing. But this was deep sea fish, 70 miles offshore. And we get out there, and we see all the instruments on the boat, and we drop our lines. 240 some feet and those little minnows on there and we drop them down in that red snapper and bro we've had red snapper all week long I thank God for those red snapper they were flying around in that ocean last Sunday but they're in my belly this Sunday and um, I learned a lot one was when they hit that line that 25 pound red snapper and you start 240 feet down that thing is fighting and then sometimes it's like it's not fighting is it still on there and it's swimming with the hook to take the pressure off and what I learned was to get through other schools and types of fish and on one of the casts I had a good red snapper I could tell this one was a and so I'm bringing that thing up and fighting it, and all of a sudden it's like, what just happened? It's like, I think another one got on the same hook, and I'm trying to bring them. And then all of a sudden, there's nothing. But I'm like, there's something, but not much. And I pull it up, and all it was was the head of a grouper. A grouper. Grouper, I like red snapper. Grouper's better than red snapper. What had happened? A shark had bit that thing from the neck back, and it was, all that was on that thing was the head of a grouper. And we didn't bring it home. We tossed that thing back over. And I got to thinking about that. That grouper was way down there where it should have been, and there was a hook dropped with some foreign little temptation That minnow, that cigar minnow shouldn't be down here, but (sniffs) pulled him up, and we pulled him up where the sharks were. He got eaten alive, gone. My prayer for you all, for you all, for everybody in this church, that we will not get distraction. We won't take the bait. That we'll be a church that we help everybody get in all the way. Like, get over here. Even if we have to correct somebody, you know, you're accountable. You don't want to be here right now, but you've got to rec- get your butt up in here where you belong. Anybody know, sometimes you got to talk to believers like that. you got to talk to your children like that. Now, you may not really do it. If you do, Pastor Munn can help us with the church discipline on what we should do as a result. But we're getting everybody here so that this place can be a place of transformation where Jesus is exalted where lives are being saved where the Holy Spirit is transforming us he's helping us to reach our community in the name of Jesus we pray now some of you are sitting here and I can see it on your faces you're going Pastor Chuck I, I'm, the church scares me because you have church hurt it's some of you, you were in your other place for years. This is a big transition. Some have been hurt. How many of have been hurt by another church person? How many of you have experienced church hurt and you know it hurts? Raise your hand up. Every hand that's going up, when it goes down, Father, I pray that you would deliver us from that hurt in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There may be somebody here this morning. In the last year, even in the last two weeks, I've had a family share with me and got really real and they said, Pastor Chuck, I don't even know if we were saved at our former church. Until we came here, I think we all got saved. Now on one hand, that's a blessing, isn't it? On the other, whew, that's a concern. That's the Zoo in Central Park being entertained giving in to individualism and here the Holy Spirit calls us calls us out and up to greater things where God stretches us He He's calling us to be courageous and to get out where we were created to be as agents, ambassadors of His kingdom. I just sense Holy Spirit right now there's there's a handful of people that you're going, I, I need to make sure I'm in. I'm saved. And you, you feel the Holy Spirit calling you right now. I want to ask everybody if you'll just stand with me reverently as we praise you, Lord. If you're here this morning, look here. And some are going... I've seen so many pastors fall. I've seen so many churches get divided. I'm just, I'm afraid to come all the way in. God wants to help you with that fear, and we need you, and you need us, so come all the way in. If you're here this morning and you say, I, I, I want to lay down my hurt from my past. I want to lay it down. I want you to just raise your hand, and you've got a specific person or a specific situation that comes to your mind and you're, you're saying, I want to be delivered from it, I want you to raise your hand all over the room in Jesus' name. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Lift them up high in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, you can put those down. If you're here this morning and you're like, I, I feel God calling me to more. And you go, I'm my salvation, I'm not sure I've been saved. And I feel the Holy Spirit calling me, and I want to make sure I am. We're not playing any games right here. I don't trick you into this stuff. But if you're here this morning going, I want to come alive spiritually, fully alive spiritually, in Jesus' name, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray with me, people of God. On the count of three, one, two, three. Just raise your hand. God bless you. Hands going up, a bunch of them. Hold them up just a second in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Hallelujah. Eight or nine hands being lifted up. We just thank you for it, Father. Come on, isn't that exciting? Come on now, everybody, pray this prayer with me. Praise the Lord for that. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you, I need you, and I want you in my life. Come on, everybody, say it. I surrender to you. I offer my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. I repent and I turn from those wicked ways. And I come to you to make you my Savior and my Lord. Change me, transform me, use me, fill me with your Spirit. Come on, say it again. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer right now, and I don't know, there's 10 or 12 hands, maybe more that went up. And Today's a new day. Behold, it's a new season. It's a new era. And may now the Holy Spirit just fill you with life and may he continue to fill this church with life in the name of Jesus. Come on, can we give God praise? praise you Lord praise you Lord if you need prayer this morning to process maybe what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you I'm going to be down here I'm going to ask elders to join me staff members to be available if you need prayer over anything that the Holy Spirit's bringing up we're here to minister to you in Jesus name and I pray that everybody I, well I don't know if, every, if everybody goes to a people group tonight we're going to need some help but um, may a whole bunch of y'all, may the right amount of people go to people groups tonight. And may the Lord move on some hearts. This 26 needs to turn into 40 by Christmas time. How many of you will agree with me that we're gonna have a bumper crop harvest and God's gonna help us raise up more leaders? Are y'all out there? In the name of Jesus. So now, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you, may he make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Come on, say it. I receive it. God bless you all. Have a great afternoon, a good week. We love you.